0: Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful where the streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm bound in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. I sing like.
1: jesus hallelujah lord you are a god of order lord you have a plan for our lives lord lord you have a a a distinct plan for each and every one of us and for your church as a whole and lord i thank you lord as we've gathered here in your name lord i pray that that would become a word for each one of us lord that we would take that home with us today god hallelujah jesus Hallelujah, Lord. Father, this morning, Lord, this first Sunday of a new month, Lord, we lift up our missionaries around the world, God. Lord, we pray, God, that you would just give them them your power, Lord, to be more effective in what they're doing. Lord, I pray that you protect them from all harm, that you protect them from illness, Lord. God, that you would continue to provide for them financially as they live in another country, Lord. I pray that you would just minister even to their children while they're on the field, Father. Lord, I thank you that you are, Lord, your, your church is continuing to expand all around this globe. And the gates of hell will never prevail. Lord, bless, Lord, these missionary servants. God, bless them today, we pray. And we agree together. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Take some time and greet someone this morning. Go ahead and move out from where you are and go say hello to somebody. Hey, welcome to church. <laughs> man we got people missing already some are on vacation some are graduations there's all kinds of stuff going on this weekend but I'm glad you're here uh, if this is your first time here please do us a favor there's a connect card in the seat back in front of you fill that out end of service go out to the information desk and we have a bag of gifts we want you to take home with you we'd like to know that you've been here and we have some things that you'll enjoy when you get them home Okay? Hey, and with that, let's go ahead and pray for today's offering. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to worship you by bringing to you your tithe and our offerings, Lord. And Father, I thank you that you do bless. Lord, that you do multiply. When we plant seed like this, you bring a harvest. And Lord, I pray, God, that we would sow generously for your glory, for your purpose. And I pray that you'd bless each giver today in Jesus' name. Amen. amen.
2: his blood breaks the chain, and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb, oh, every knee will bow before him, and who can stop the Lord Almighty, and who can stop the Lord the world.
1: Okay, you have your bulletin. There are some important events coming up. One is a recertification class for children's workers. If you've already been through it, there's a refresher class uh, right after service today in the chapel. And then Wednesday night, there is a complete class. If you've never been through this before and you're going to be working with minors, we need you to take that class. That'll uh, be in room 107. Also coming up this week... um, Saturday is a women's ministry prayer and light breakfast. Okay, it's not the regular meeting, but there will be some food and a time of prayer, and that's at nine o'clock this coming. Uh, Saturday and then next Saturday Saturday following that June 17 uh, those of you with young families and young kids and all that you're invited to a beach party and that's in Northeast and that'll more information will be in the bulletin next week but it gives you two weeks notice um, it's from noon to four you need a, a chair to be on the beach and a towel and Um, And everything else, all the food will be provided. And then next Sunday, I wanted you to know that uh, we're starting a new series called Jesus Said. Really excited about that. We're going to go through the summer with that uh, theme. And don't want you to miss any of that unless, of course, you are away on vacation. And then finally, Youth Camp Balance is due today. Uh, Pastor Hans is on vacation this week, but you can give that to Samantha Kramer today. Those of you who know her, please get that in as soon as possible. Today is the deadline for that. And then on your way in, hopefully you received a magazine today called Pentecostals. It's just, just for last, it's actually for last week and this week. In the Western Church, Pentecost Sunday was last Sunday. In the Orthodox Church, Pentecost Sunday is today. And in a moment when I preach, uh, we'll be sharing about, I'll be sharing about Pentecost Sunday. Um, So with that, I want to invite Chuck Parsons to come. As you know, we had a missions team go to Chile just a little while ago, and they're back, and he's going to bring us
3: up to date. Thank you, Pastor. Man, you're doing double duty today. You're the only one here. Man. Right, if the team wants to kind of come up and sit in the front so you can see the video, but that way you're here when we're done. Uh, quick synopsis. So about two weeks ago, we went to Santiago, Chile, to work on a pretty big project. It's called the uh, Santiago Children's Ministries Outreach Center. So it's going to be a church. Uh, they're going to have a feeding program, uh, some Christian education. And our job was to basically frame up poor uh, get the kitchen ready to go. So you'll see, um, it, it was it was a really nice project. Got a lot of work done. I think we mixed and poured what twelve yards of concrete over four days and framed up and all that good stuff. All right, so without further ado, let's check out the video. <laughs>
4: La creación revela tu majestad hey. De los colores del otoño al dolor de prima
2: Donde el rayo debe
0: caer O oh, celestiales nubes enviando nieve
2: Oh, y oh, oh. imaginó al sol y del fuego a su luz Sin embargo el oculta y sentimos lo.
4: Dios por nombre, eres increíble Dios, todopoderoso, indomínable, asombrados de rodillas te
0: proclamamos, eres increíble. Colocaste estrellas, las conoces por nombre, eres increíble, Dios,
4: incomparable, inmutable.
3: guys can come on. Did y'all see um, when the big plate of meat came out? (laughs) Nikki says she wants me to look at her like Gordy and Michael. We're looking at that plate of meat right there.
5: (laughs) All right, so um, I know Gordy, you had something to share. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you for handing me the mic. Uh, Yeah, I love meat. It's a wonderful thing, and they had plenty of it that day. Uh, I'd like to thank the church board, pastor, and Chuck for allowing me to go on the trip. It was a wonderful trip, if you've never been on one of these mission trips and have heard horror stories about the ones that we have gone on, where we stay in a tent, you don't shower for a week and you eat MREs, this is not the case. We actually slept in a bed. It was wonderful. Had a pillow even. It was great. It, it was a nice hotel we stayed in. It really was nice. Um, and uh, the, the trip itself was wonderful. Uh, the weather was, couldn't be better. It was cool in the morning. You kind of had a sweatshirt on in the morning, and then by the afternoon you were down to a t-shirt. It was very good. Uh, I also want to thank my wife, who I married a saint. I believe in, uh, For all the hunting and fishing I do, then you ask her, "Hey, hun, do you mind if I go on this missions trip?" Maybe she wants to get rid of me. <laughs> I'm not sure. But Chuck played along with it. I said, "Hun, can you write the check for the missions trip?" So she wrote it. She wrote it, excuse me, and took it over to Chuck and went. Is this enough to get my husband away from me for a week? So, but it was an awesome trip. Thank you so much. We coveted your prayers while we were there. Really needed them. Thank you so much.
6: I guess I'm next. Uh, Yeah, uh, just like Gordy said, if you've never been on one of these trips, pray about it. It's an experience that you will never forget. Chuck is like the best team leader that I have ever been with, and I've been blessed to go on like 30 trips, and I would go anywhere in the world with Chuck, you know, if he's planning the trip. But with that being said, we can't go do these things, and we have a great time when we go, we work hard, we look like we know what we're doing, when sometimes we don't, but we work really hard at looking good anyway, but it's because you guys send us. Uh, If it wasn't for the money for the building materials, if it wasn't for your prayers, when we left, out of Baltimore we almost didn't make it to Atlanta in time to to catch our flight and somebody here was praying because that's the only way we made it on time Uh, but we got there got a lot of work done and found that no matter where we go we're all members of the family of God we got there they made us feel like we were right at home like we would known them for years and hopefully uh, if they ever get here, they'll feel the same way about uh, you guys because they really do, they really appreciate what you have done to help send us there. I just like to say the uh, we've we've we got a team that is just phenomenal. They they work like like dogs and uh, they're they're really a super team. The uh, the highlight of our trip this year, in, in my opinion was our final day that we were there. The pastor and the staff that that worked there, we all took communion together and we prayed over the site. And that was the highlight of the trip this year. Thank you.
2: Blessings Church, for me, it's my first trip with Praise Assembly. I've been to many trips to many places, but this is the first time I slept in a hotel. (laughs) And for me, it is the first time I go on a missions trip and have communion. And that really impacted me. And uh, I ask you to pray for the team and pray for Builders International, that they can continue doing the work they do and help us continue the work of the Lord.
0: Carlos? <laughs> no, I'm good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, so, yeah, as these guys said, uh, we'll be take a couple months off, and, and in a few months we'll start looking for next year's trip, um, probably March time frame, just to kind of get that on your calendars if you're interested to go. Um, we'd love to have you join us. All right, Pastor, if you come up, we have a tradition here in our church where... We give a yeah, we uh, plate for Pastor's Wall, but in addition, you get a second gift this year. Oh. So, the missionary had made coffee mugs with all of our pictures on it. So, each morning oh. when you have your latte, you can look at our ugly mug right there, So, <laughs> you got that? <laughs> Chuck. And I thought you'd get a kick out of it. Oh, man. And then we got, it's got the church logo on there and all oh. Then oh. we got you a super cool Very brass nice. plate. Very
1: nice. Thank you, Chuck. All right. Well, thanks for sending us, yeah. Pastor. We appreciate it. You can it. get a close-up later. Beautiful. Thank you. And thank you, guys. You can go ahead and be seated. They, we've got a great reputation in other countries because of Chuck's leadership and others who have taken our guys on trips. Really incredible. Um, I forget one of the days Chuck wrote me, said the missionary was going to try to sabotage their departure flight so that they could stay longer, you know, and, and do even more. Hard working. And it was really cool to see you guys taking communion on the construction site. Never seen that done before. I would say this. Watching the video. Way too many smiles. Um, Chuck, we'll have to look at Bangladesh next year. Okay. (laughs) Um, Where there aren't really any hotels. Uh, Yeah, I'd love to have some of you guys stay where I've stayed. Um, So, but no, thank you so much, Chuck, for leading that group year after year. And again, others have taken groups, um, Pathfinders trips and all. Something happens where you guys bond together. And we do feel, just what you shared today, as brief as it was, we feel like we were part of it. So thank you for going and representing us and representing our Lord. Amen? Amen. Hey, as I said, um, <clears throat> as I said earlier, uh, Pentecost Sunday was last Sunday. And as you know, Pastor Hans preached on the final church from the book of Revelation, the church of the Laodicea. And this morning, I'm going to share about Pentecost. And technically, I'm not late. I mean, last, it was Pentecost Sunday in the Roman Catholic Church, Protestant churches. But today is Pentecost Sunday in the Orthodox churches (laughs) around the world. So I want to begin this morning by having us read four related passages concerning the promise and the fulfillment of what Jesus had prophesied concerning the Old Testament celebration. Pentecost. Understand that this was an Old Testament celebration before it became our celebration. And so we're going to look at four separate passages. First is Luke chapter 24, beginning of verse 45. And it says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach, Until the day that he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so now we have two references, both of them referring to a promise of power from the Father, from the Holy Spirit, and now I want us to read about the fulfillment of that promise, the historical fulfillment, and this is Acts chapter 2, beginning of verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, when this Old Testament celebration came on the calendar, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then finally, skipping down, same chapter, chapter 2 to verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation, and those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this moment. Lord, for this moment 2,000 years ago that we just read about. And we thank you for this moment right now here in this place. Lord, that that promise is for us just as it was for them way back then. And Lord, I pray, God, that our hearts would be open to your word today Lord, that your Holy Spirit would soften our hearts to receive what you have for us today. We ask for your will to be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want you to notice here from what we've read in these passages that there are two things that happened on that day. Two interrelated events that took place over 2,000 years ago. The first, as we saw, was the fulfillment of the promise of the Father. It was mentioned three times, the promise of the Father, and that is the arrival of the Holy Spirit on this earth, whereby those who are in that upper room are baptized, meaning they are immersed in the Holy Spirit, and they begin to speak in other languages, unlearned languages for them, gifted to them by the Spirit, And then I want you to notice a subsequent event directly related to this. And that was the birth of the church. And what I want us to notice here, to acknowledge here from the passages that we read, is that God always moves. He always works with purpose. Amen? God always has a purpose. And he always fulfills his purpose. Everything that he's ever done, everything that he's ever created, was created with purpose, including you and me. And created for a purpose. You see, there was no church prior to the day of Pentecost. Uh, that day of Pentecost, there was no church. Prior to the birth of the church, God's Old Testament people, the Hebrew people, met in groups called synagogues. And the word synagogue in the Greek New Testament Bible, and I'm chuckling just because this is so not profound, the Greek word for synagogue is synagoge. I mean, it's really close. And all it means is an assembly of people. A synagogue in in the Greek New Testament is is an assembly of people. It almost has a secular flavor to it. I mean, a town meeting could be called a synagogue, technically. Because basically it can define any group of people, any group of people, meeting anywhere for any purpose. But of course... It was most often associated in Jesus' day and in our day today, of course, with Jewish religion and culture. We know what a synagogue is. It's where the Jews hold their services. But a synagogue can be any. It could be an association meeting for your neighborhood. That could be a synagogue, technically. But the church is different. The church is is so different, and it's brand new on this day of Pentecost. It isn't long after this event... Where the Holy Spirit's poured out on this day of Pentecost. It's not long after this event that another Greek word gets used to label the people of God. Again, prior to this time, it was synagogue. But now, they're called by a different name. And the biblical Greek word for the church is ekklesia. Ekklesia, which means the called out ones. Specifically referring to those who have been called out of the world. Can you see the difference? You got a a group, you got a label that that could define any group. And now God says, this group is significant. The ecclesia, these are my called out ones for a specific purpose. And as we know, the church's prime purpose is to save souls, amen? Our job is to be witnesses. And as we see in these passages, God also empowers his purpose. Not only does he present a purpose, not only does he have a purpose and present a purpose, and ordain a purpose, but he empowers a purpose. And what that means is that he will never ask us to do something without properly equipping us. Amen? Amen. You see, what I, what I want you to grasp here this morning is that the primary purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not to speak in tongues, but rather, as we told, to be witnesses. That's the primary purpose, to be witnesses and speaking in tongues on that one day became a witness didn't it I mean we kind of we didn't read it but we know the rest of the story they drew quite a crowd around them as they're speaking in all this myriad of languages you see tongues became a witness for all those unbelievers who had gathered in Jerusalem that day all because these Galilean Jews We're speaking to people who traveled from all over the world. Everyone had come together in Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. And these Galilean Jews, those who had been gathered in the upper room, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. They were enabled by the Holy Spirit to speak in languages unknown to themselves. They didn't know what language they were speaking. And yet they were proclaiming the glory of God in the languages of those visitors. To the point where the crowds, as we read in Acts 2, 38, to the point where the crowd eventually asked Peter, what must we do to be saved? They are so moved. They're so concerned. They've been convicted by that, that same Holy Spirit who empowered this early church. It says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So I want to remind you this morning of the primary purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is, of course, to be witnesses. It is to obtain the power to be witnesses. And it is meant to be able to help us to speak to men and women in their own language. To speak to them right where they are. Now, let me suggest this. At that point in time, 2,000 years ago, they were speaking a known natural human language. Again, they did not know the language. The Holy Spirit enabled them to, give, to, 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 to basically expound upon the glories of God in the language of those who are visiting Jerusalem. But you know how that can apply to us today too? We don't have, you know, If you have obviously English speaking friends or they speak your same native tongue, whatever that is, you don't, need, you don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to help you speak in tongues to reach them. But he still can enable you to speak to them in their own language. If you understand what I mean. Their cultural language. To breakthrough language. A language that will bring conviction to their heart. That's what I'm talking about. To speak to them right where they are. Now I, I, don't, I don't want either to overemphasize today. Or to downplay the importance of speaking in tongues. The gift of tongues. Please understand my heart. That's not what this is about. The gift of tongues is a gift. Which, which accompanies the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, as, and, and, and I can say this, not only because of this one passage that we read this morning in Acts chapter 2, this one special time in which the apostles were endowed with this gift, but because it goes on after this. It isn't limited to this one day in Acts chapter 2. You see, the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the, and the gift of tongues and all the other gifts of the Spirit, they are continually recurrent throughout the New Testament. This is not a one-time deal. I know some people teach that all this died off with the last apostle. I don't believe that. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for the church today. And we should yearn for his infilling and his refilling on a regular basis. And part of this is the gift of tongues. Part of this is speaking in tongues. And, and before I concentrate this morning on the central purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I do want to say a few things about the gift of tongues. Okay, some Christians, because really some Christians, even those who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, can at times be a little sheepish when that gift gets manifested. In fact, I... Um, Even this morning, we had a message in tongues and interpretation. And I've been in some church services when I visited other churches. And when that happens, a lot of pastors will explain to those who may not understand and tell them what was happening. And what I found according to Scripture, and you'll see it in a moment, I don't need to. If if you're if you're here today and you're not a believer, you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, I don't need to explain it to you. Because what happened, you know it's real. Somehow you know it's real because it is the Spirit of God. And I'll show you right, I'll show you just, just in a moment here, okay? But I can remember one of the first times, and, and I'll tell you, I was, a little, I was very concerned about this. One of the first times my unsaved father came to visit in a church service where I was an assistant pastor. I mean, it was quite a service. It was unreal. I just, I couldn't have predicted this. It wasn't a normal service. The Holy Spirit was moving. It was incredible. And it wasn't a service filled with emotionalism. I mean, it it truly was not the flesh acting out. There was a move of God in that service. Church is about our size. And I was the assistant slash youth pastor. And I'm up on the platform with the pastor in front of the whole church. Wondering what my father must be thinking. I mean, there were, there were two, maybe three messages and tongues and interpretation uh, the power. The Spirit of God was incredible. And I'll be honest with you, I'm up there thinking, oh man, what a day for my dad to visit church. You know, why couldn't we have like a more normal service? He must think we're all crazy. Guys, I mean, I don't know that we've ever had a service here like that one service. I'm thinking he must think we're really nuts because as an unsaved person, he's never going to understand what's going on. This man had never been to church except his required as a young boy to go to Catholic mass. But you know what I found out later on after the service? That he almost went to the altar to receive Christ that day. He was so moved, not by emotionalism. But by the Spirit of God, he was so moved. He was touched by all that. And here's why. And this is biblical. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 22. It says, tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. I, I don't know if you ever noticed that. You know, we read scripture. Sometimes we pass right by it. Tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for believers, but for believers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquires or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you're all out of your mind? And as I already, I already confessed to you, that's exactly how I was feeling that day. My father must think we are nuts. But the manifestation of tongues and that service was a witness of God's power to him that day, even as an unbeliever, a non-believer. Again, He didn't get saved that day, but he was definitely touched. And I want you to know, and most of you do if you know, he did get saved about 30 years later. And then verse 24. But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they're convicted of sin and brought under judgment by all, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. And so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. So the bottom line is that we never have to be apologetic for what God does by His Spirit. Amen? As long as it's by His Spirit. And the truth is that sometimes people can speak out in the flesh. Sometimes you can have people try to whoop up a crowd and get everybody all into emotionalism. And I'm not, you know, I mean, I know you can be emotional at football games and baseball games and concerts and all. You know, nothing wrong with that. But we don't want the flesh operating in full force in this church. Amen? We want the Spirit of God. One of the purposes of the gift of tongues, as we read, is to be a witness. And what went on in that church service so many years ago now, when I was an assistant pastor, was the Spirit of God. And it almost got my father to the altar to receive Christ. But bigger than this, the larger overarching element concerning the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago, concerning the verses that we read this morning, the larger overarching element is the church. The baptism in the Holy Spirit gave the apostles the ability to witness to those Jewish pilgrims who had gathered in Jerusalem on that day. In other words, the gift of tongues became a tool for witnessing. It was a manifestation. It was an empowering that helped them to be witnesses. Please understand. that Them speaking in tongues was not an end. It was a means. It wasn't a mandate. It was a manifestation. The mandate is to be witnesses. God told them. Jesus told them specifically. Wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father. Until you have been endued with power. Of the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem. In Judea. In Samaria. And to the othermost parts of the world. And we see that being fulfilled today. And that's what we inherited on this single, on that one single Pentecost celebration. The church is born into this world and its purpose until we all go to be with Jesus is to be witnesses about who Jesus Christ is, what he's done for mankind and what he's done for us personally. Amen. What I'm trying to say is that until Jesus comes back, we need to be about our father's business and we need to make disciples of all peoples. We need to bear witness to the truth that God sent his son Jesus into the world in order to pay for our sins on the cross, to die for us, for our sins, then to liberate anyone who would receive him as Savior through his resurrection. We need to bear witness that not only is Jesus the Savior of the world, and, 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 but he's, he's also given us the job, the task, the duty, the purpose of carrying out the Great Commission. That's our purpose. This is why we're here. That's the only reason we're here waiting for him to come back because we haven't finished the job. He called us to be witnesses. And as we remember Pentecost Sunday, I need to remind us all that he has empowered us. If we want his power, if we want the power of the Holy Spirit, all we have to do is ask. He promised it in the Gospels. He fulfilled that promise in the book of Acts. And I want you to know the promise is still in force today. I know that all of us have friends and family and coworkers and schoolmates who need Jesus. And we, we can and we should live our lives as an example before them. That's one way to, to witness, to really live out our Christian walk in front of them. Let that be a witness. We need to be open to them. But please understand that we do not have the ability in our own humanity to get them saved. Salvation is not a form of intellectual assent where someone begins to believe higher thoughts. It's a deep spiritual transformation that can happen only by the Holy Spirit. That's why he sent his Holy Spirit to us, to the ecclesia, to the church, to the called out ones. You know, Jesus spoke this truth to Nicodemus. I'm so glad this verse is in scripture. But Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, flesh gives birth to flesh. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of churches today, that's what they do. They, they do fleshly things to, draw, to try to draw people to their church. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Then Jesus said, but spirit gives birth to spirit. And we don't have to be masters at debating or apologetics. We don't have to do gimmicks. We don't have to try to manipulate people into the kingdom. Salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit in the human heart. It's, it's not done by flesh. Uh, listen, listen to this explanation that the Apostle Paul gave. This is fantastic. This, I mean, clear, clears it right up. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Paul said, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness. You see, not arrogance. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. You don't convince someone into the kingdom. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. not that incredible? Paul said, I didn't come to you with eloquence. He wasn't apparently a great speaker, believe it or not, a great leader, but he may not have been a real polished orator. I did not come to you with eloquence or human wisdom. I simply proclaimed to you the testimony of God. I, I, he was a witness for Jesus Christ. I didn't want, he says, I re, again, I'm reading through this again. I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus came with a purpose to die for our sins, and he fulfilled that purpose. He said, I came to you in weakness, again, not arrogance, but with great fear and trembling, because he knew exactly how lacking he was as a human being. Only God can change the human heart. My message and preaching were not wise and persuasive. My preaching wasn't smooth, it wasn't relevant. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom. What I've shared. But rather on God's power. I want to close with this. Again celebrating Pentecost Sunday. Both last Sunday and today. We are called to witness. We're called to witness. That's our purpose. We're not a synagogue of people anymore. We're not just an assembly of people anymore. We are the called out ones. And God has called us out. So that we can reach the world for him. We need to do what the early apostles did. They sought after God and they prayed for the promise of the Father. They prayed for the empowering that comes with the Holy Spirit. Now, in a few moments, we're going to share in communion together. But what I want to do is spend some time. I want to give you some time at this altar and maybe where you're seated to if you'd prefer. But I want us just to seek God because I know we all have loved ones. We have friends, we have neighbors, co-workers... Schoolmates. All of us have people we know who need Jesus. And you're not going to convince them into the kingdom. You're not going to debate them or argue them into the kingdom. It's got to be the spirit of God that breaks through into their heart. As we share him with them. And what we need is power. We need his power to do that. On that one day of Pentecost. His power gave them the ability to speak in tongues. And we didn't read that portion, but all they did, all they did is they spoke in another language they had not learned. All they did was share about the glory of God. And it brought the people to the point, at least 3,000 of them on, one, on that one day, 3,000 of them are concerned about their eternal condition. And folks, I I really think in the last 30, 40 years, the church, we've tried everything. We've tried everything. We've gone door to door. We've done mailers. Uh, You know, we've had, I mean, really, we're trying to do everything we can to lure people into the church and into faith. But I'm going to tell you what, when the Holy Spirit does his thing, that's all you really need. And so I want us to do that. however, However, that makes you want to pray this morning. I want you to pray for a little while before we celebrate communion together. Whether it's simply coming to this altar and praying for a lost loved one. Or it could be praying, God, endow your church with power again. Like on the day of Pentecost. However you feel led today. But pray with us, would you? Let's stand together. And I want to invite you to this altar. We'll spend a few moments here and then we'll celebrate communion and close. But let's find a place of prayer this morning. Again, pray as you feel led this morning. Maybe you want to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you want to pray for power. Just power to be witnesses. Pray for that loved one. That person you know that you really, you don't want them to go to hell. You want them to live in heaven forever. And you've been working on them. Or maybe, maybe you stopped. Maybe you've given up. How about picking up that mantle again? How about picking up that burden again? And bringing them before God this morning. Father God, I do pray, Lord. Lord. For family members that I have and that we have this morning that need you. Lord, they need you, God. If they if they die, they're going they're going to perish. But Lord, if they know you, they're going to live forever in heaven. And Lord, I do pray that you would empower your church in these days, these last days, Lord, that that you would pour out your spirit as you did on the day of Pentecost on all churches. God, even thinking back 40 years ago to the 50 years ago to the charismatic revival, the charismatic renewal, you poured out your spirit on every denomination in our land. Lord, I pray, God, that you would do something like that again. Uh, Lord, I'm not ordering you. I'm asking, God, I'm asking that you'd pour your Holy Spirit out upon your people. Lord, so that when we speak to people, Lord, that it would have power. They wouldn't be wise and persuasive words. It wouldn't be self-confidence and arrogance. But Lord, it would just be power presented very humbly through clay vessels. That's all we are, Lord. We're just clay vessels. And you make every vessel for a purpose. Lord, I pray that you'd empower us, God. Empower us with your Holy Spirit. Empower us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Baptize us. Immerse us, Lord. Infill us. Refill us, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that we'd never be ashamed, Lord. We'd never be apologetic for the Holy Spirit working through us. Lord, I thank you, God, that your gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Lord, we don't have to be apologetic for what the Holy Spirit would do in our midst. Hallelujah, Lord God. Oh, tarabashiri, ababakantah. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, help us to be the witnesses that you want us to be. Lord, you've called us for that purpose, and you always empower for that purpose. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. And Lord, I pray, God, that when we leave this, this brief time of prayer, Lord, that we, would, that we wouldn't forget what we're praying for. But God, that this would be added to our regular prayer routine, Lord, every day that we'd pray for power. Pray for power to influence people, to, to change hearts, to bring conviction by your Holy Spirit. we don't have the power. We don't have the power to convert anyone. All we can do is be a witness and then your Holy Spirit brings conviction and changes that heart. We admit that. Lord, we admit it. And we ask, Lord, for you to move, Lord. For you to move, God. hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, use us for your purpose, God. Help us to be mindful of the eternal condition of those around us. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. read that last passage one more time Paul wrote and so it was with me brothers and sisters when I came to you I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. Father God, we want our faith to rest on your power. In Jesus' name. Amen.